joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he's our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he's our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means.
Good morning, everybody. So glad that you're here this morning at Victory Christian Fellowship. This is a place where we celebrate the goodness of God because our God is good each and every day. Father, we give you thanks and praise for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that you are always good and you are good to us. You are absolutely good. And we praise you today. We lift up the name of Jesus. And we just welcome your presence here. In Jesus' name, let's celebrate together. Ready to worship in the house today. Come on, let's sing. If you walk here, you're going to walk out here. If you walk Walk in. 
together for a moment. We worship you in this house, Lord. It is you that we come back together to give glory, honor, and praise. Do we worship you in this house, Lord? You're worthy to be praised. Come on, just lift your hands. It doesn't matter what happened before you got here. It could have been good. It could have been bad. It doesn't matter. But it's all getting better in this atmosphere. Hallelujah. Because we have a testimony. The testimony is that we are children of the living God. That we have a Savior. That we can be set free from anything. Anything. That we can be healed from anything. Hallelujah. That we can come from any place and rise in his kingdom. Rise and be a testimony of the goodness of our Savior and who he is. We worship you in this
unshakable trusting mind. You're the unshakable God. Oh, we worship you in this house. Come on, just worship him. Oh, we worship you today Lord we bless you in this place we bless you from Palmyra we bless you with our hearts we give you praise we give God our praise oh you're so good Lord when I think of what you've done for me when I think of how you saved me when I think of how you took my punishment Lord I can't help but praise you I can't help but magnify your name You're our special guest. We so welcome your presence here. And Lord, we thank you that you are a real God and you speak to us. There's a stirring going forth in the hearts of my children, like the stirring of the bones when the prophet prophesied to them and they came together. There's a stirring of worship. There's a stirring of praise. There's a stirring of doing the work of the kingdom. For I am stirring my children. I am stirring your hearts to go and preach the word to every creature. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Well, you may have your seats. Praise the Lord. We're so glad that you're here. And if you're visiting today, we just say welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. It may be different than what you're used to, but that's okay. Hallelujah. Well, one of the things that we get to do as believers is we get to speak the word. So here uh, we emphasize a subject uh, from the word of God every quarter. And uh, we're just touching on some of the benefits of righteousness. So we just want to invite you to make our confession together. Let's make our confession. The righteousness righteousness of of God comes comes to to us as as we we put put our faith faith in Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Righteousness is a gift that the Lord has given to those who trust in him as Savior and confess Jesus as Lord. God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Through the righteousness, we are acceptable to God, and we are given a new nature that is clean and holy. Righteousness transforms us in Christ. God is able to rescue us, his righteous people, from things that would overwhelm the wicked. We expect God's blessing to rest on us, and we believe our righteousness will release strength and favor to our city. As we pursue righteousness, we shall experience abundant life. As we walk in righteousness, we shall possess a lasting reward. We We shall shall be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus, the Anointed One, bringing great praise and glory to God. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. I want to share something. When we were worshiping, it is so sweet to trust in Jesus. It brought by memories for me because I sang that as a little girl. <laughs> but I thought to myself that I am so glad that my parents introduced me to a lifestyle of trusting Jesus because I was not with them a lot in my life because I went off to college and everything else. But everywhere I went, I was able to make proper decisions for my life because I learned to trust the voice of God. And I want to encourage you that bring your children to church you can't, you can't um, deposit in them everything that an atmosphere could deposit. And I, I realized, you know, my kids, I grew up in church. I was, um, I was conceived in Bible school. <laughs> and I grew up in church. But uh, what we're exposed to 
becomes part of us as a default and we don't realize it. So if you don't have everything figured out in your house, bring your children to this house, to God's house. If you're watching online, take your kids to a church because there are people there that could deposit things in them that you could never in a million years do. It would take too much time. And the things I learned uh, when I was um, when I was 14, I graduated high school, and I, w- I started working for my dad as his uh, secretary, and he was the overseer for the church denomination in Guyana. But I remember when my mom wasn't available for meetings that he would have to meet with ladies, uh, I would sit in on those meetings. And I remember one day uh, a mom brought her daughter in, and her daughter was a single young teenage girl that had gotten pregnant. And so the mom, you know, over there, that's a huge problem. And the boy didn't want anything to do with her, so here she was left pregnant. And, you know, so, so my dad's giving them advice and praying with them and helping them with whatever. And so when they left, my, dad's, my dad had this saying. He would always say, you make your bed, you're going to have to lie in it. And so he said, Fiona, I have nothing to tell you about this subject. You can see the results and see what you want to do. And that's what he would tell me. Like every time, (laughs) if I sat in, (laughs) if I sat in on a couple that he was counseling, on marriage counseling, yes, at 14, I sat in on those things. That's why I'm so much more wise for my age. Um, He would always tell me, you you see the results of actions and you can decide what you want to do. And that helped me a lot. But see, he couldn't sit down and teach me. Okay, now, Fiona. And this is what I think we do with our kids. We sit down and teach them these principles. But they have nothing to attach it to. So when the thing actually happens, it's very difficult to get out of it, right? So that, that was what I was, I was just thanking God for who. So here's what I also want to say. If you didn't grow up as a Christian and you didn't get born again until later in life, when you become born again, you get your childhood back. You start from that point. You become a child of God, and you're brand new and fresh. So as an adult, bring yourself to church. <laughs> That's also my point. You, and you need to pick things up. You just have to pick it up. Your spirit can pick things up that your mind can't comprehend. You know, when people go into different atmospheres, if you're at work and they're striving all week at work and they're quarreling and carrying on about, oh, the economy and, oh, my husband and da, da, da you're going to become grumpy too. You just pick it up. So you have to be in a place to wash you, get your mind straightened out. See what I'm saying? Everybody good? And I am just so glad that I grew up in church. I know people think the opposite, but I'm glad. And and listen, let me tell you, the church I grew up in, you couldn't wear pants. You couldn't wear makeup. You couldn't do this. You couldn't go to the movies. You couldn't do that. My dad was not like that, but we followed those rules. He would bring us makeup from America. (laughs) He'd bring us... He'd bring us pants and jewelry, and we'd wear it in the house. And he'd tell us to practice, because if you go to America someday, you don't want to be in the dark. So here, practice at home. <laughs> yeah. And he would, he would bring movies. My dad would bring movies for me to watch as a teenager that were the teenage movies in America when he visited. That's how cool my dad was. But <laughs> he'd be like, Fiona, this is the hottest movie in America right now. I brought it so you could watch it. I was like, okay. So, so, so my point is because we had a well-grounded foundation, we weren't hidden from things, even though the culture hid me. I don't know if Grace was hidden. I wasn't hidden. Grace was hidden. 
Grace is my sister, if you don't know, if you're watching. She's in the audience. But I wasn't hidden. I guess I got my dad was my instigator behind the scenes. But I just want to encourage you today, as an adult, bring yourself to church. And if you have children, bring them to church. If you have grandchildren, work out a deal where you can bring them to church. you understand? Because there is something there about train up a child in the way they should go. When they get older, they will not depart from the word of God, from it, the training that they're supposed to have. Amen? If your kids don't want to come to church with you now, pray. Pray and send the Holy Spirit out to help you. It worked for Jesse Duplantis. You have to hear his, his uh, testimony. It'll work for anybody. It'll work for anybody. You just have to work it. Don't get discouraged and disappointed. Work the word. Work the word for your family. Amen. That's my little spiel. Good morning, VCF. Okay. I'm so excited because we have lots of announcements. We have lots happening at VCF. So today is January 21st, which means book club is today. (laughs) So we have two book clubs happening today, the ladies book club and the men's book club. So both are right after service. We have food being prepared already, and it's going to be awesome. The women are studying Dr. Fiona's book, The Confident You, and the men are studying Pastor Doug's book and Pastor Nelson's book, The Outdoorsman. And it's going to be wonderful. So I encourage you to stay after service, and then we end at 2. We're good at our end time. The beginning time is a little bit, you know, after service. Because we make room for Holy Spirit to move always. Okay. And then on Tuesday, we have this generation. That's our middle school program, where middle schoolers come from school for an hour here to church. Isn't it cool? They get to have church in the middle of the week just like we do. And then, also on Tuesday, Tuesday evenings, we have New Generation Air Force. I know. It's awesome. Holy Spirit moves in all of the events that we have. So I encourage you to come and to tell people about all of the things that are happening here at VCF. And because it's January, well, not just because it's January, but we have new things happening for 2024. And so I encourage you to actually look for those things, like in our announcements and, like, new things that are happening with the youth and in the programs. Because changes are coming. Good changes. Okay. And then we have Wednesday Night Refreshing. That's at 6.30 on Wednesdays. And it's so wonderful to be here in the middle of the week. You get refreshed. The anointing is here. And it is a wonderful time. So come visit. And then also on Thursdays we have Bible Adventure. So that is third through fifth graders coming from our elementary schools here at church. Church is a wonderful place to be. Kids get saved, they have a wonderful time learning songs and Bible verses, and they feel heard, and they have a good time here. I know that they do. I see all the photos on Facebook. (laughs) Okay, and then some upcoming events, okay? So we have a course available that's going to be taught by Pastor Doug, and it's going to be all about grace, okay? So it's going to be through Zoom and um, Facebook But you can sign up on the VCF webpage with our store with Shopify, and it's going to be a five-week course, and it starts on February 8th. So I'm very excited. I plan on signing up. Also coming up, also on the VCF webpage and the store and everything, is our Woven Conference, too. 
right? That is going to be April 19th and 20th. And right now there is early bird pricing until February 1st. So you got like a week and a half left. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's about building your house with purpose. So in peace. That's the whole theme. And Dr. Fiona is going to be preaching and teaching the whole time. And I am very excited and looking forward to all of the good stuff. Because it's all about building, like, your legacy and for future generations in your house. And we're the house of Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter if you're married or single, you have kids, don't have kids. Everybody's encouraged to come. All the women. Yeah. All the women. And that includes, like, teenagers, too. So teenage girls are invited ages 12 and older. Also, we have some missions that we support as well. So we have plans this year. Um, Pastor James and Patty Akui, they've been here before. They are missionaries that we support, and I encourage you that you can support them as well. They have great vision out in the South Pacific. Their vision is to have 30 Rama schools on 30 islands. Yeah, and they're all over the place. I just saw um, with the... Students that they teach, their students then go out into all the islands that can't be reached by plane or, um, like, the only way to get to them is, like, by walking and with the boats and canoes. And they, like, raise the dead and heal people and, like, go into all these places where, like, nobody's been before. And it's awesome. The people are very excited, and lots of salvations are happening every week. So that is a great place to, like, sow your seed and invest and be part of because we also want to touch every continent, Right. And I remember her saying one time, it's called Uttermost Ministries because they go to the uttermost parts of the earth. And she said that the South Pacific is geographically the farthest place from Jerusalem. Right? So isn't that cool? They are fulfilling their mission and their vision and having a great time doing it. Also this year in 2024, our commission club, Pastor Doug will be going to Uganda and Kenya at some point during this year. I don't know all the details about that yet, but I know that it's coming. So you can support that, be in prayer for that, and it's going to be a wonderful time. Like I said, we're touching every continent, and Dr. Fiona will be going to Guyana as well, you know, for Bless the Children Home Orphanage. Okay, so those are all our wonderful announcements that we have. I have a fact to share with you that I learned, and I think I've talked about this before, but I was very excited because I I was reading my book again about jazz and physics. It's super fascinating. But it was talking about superconductors, okay? So I was reading about electricity. And superconductors is the fastest electricity can flow because there is zero resistance, right? So first off, the Word of God is a superconductor. There is no resistance with the Word of God, I can tell you that, okay? Also, with superconductors, a lot of times you'll see, like, science experiments where there's, like, a floating magnet, right? That's like going in a circle or something like that. And the reason the magnet is floating is because it cannot penetrate the field because it's so pure with the speed going back and forth that it automatically resists anything that tries to interfere with it, right? So with superconductors, it is like nearly impossible to be penetrated scientifically because of the pure speed and the lack of resistance that is in between. So that applies to us spiritually as well, right? With connection with God and everything, we are superconductors with the word of God. That's how our relationship needs to be. Where you're so in line and there's no resistance between you and God, then nothing can penetrate it, right? And it works the same way with the love of God. Nothing can penetrate the love of God. And 
I learned so much. So because it can't be like penetrated, your heart is also like a superconductor too. Because your heart has like these electrical signals. That's how it like pulses and everything. And the way people have like what they call the arrhythmia, you know, where your heart skips or any issues like that, right? It's because of a disruption of the electrical signals, right? So I started speaking over my heart. Not that I have any heart issues, but I just started speaking over my heart because that's where the word of God is, that that is also a superconductor. There is no resistance, and it is awesome. So that is what I've learned. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, I was invited uh, by a pastor friend of mine. Uh, he's having a conference that they hadn't had in four years. Uh, because of COVID issues uh, in Uganda. So that'll be the first week of September. And since Uganda is right next to Kenya, and we have a a contact there, Bishop Keegan in uh, Kenya, so it would be wise, since they're right next to one another, to go there. And I've been doing uh, many Zoom classes with a pastor in Kenya who I I went to when we went to Kenya. And uh, so there's a lot of uh, people that are excited about the word. Amen? But there's a lot of people right here in Palmyra that are excited about the word. And uh, you've chosen to be in a great place for the word of God and the spirit of God. You know, you need both. You can't just have the word. You've got to have the word and the spirit together. And uh, I just want to read a scripture to you from uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter 12. And... Uh, Let's, uh, 2 Kings chapter 12, verse 7. 2 Kings 12, verse 7. And the Bible says, Then King Jehoash called for Jehoiada, the priest, and the other priests, and said to them, Why are you not repairing the damage to the house? Uh, Now then, do not take any more money from your acquaintances, but turn it all over for the repair of the damages of the house. You are no longer responsible for this work. I will take it uh, into my own hands. Verse 8. So the priests agreed that they would receive uh, no more money from the people, nor be responsible to repair the damages of the house. Then Jehoiada, the priest, took a chest. He bored a hole in its lid and set it beside the altar on the right side, on the right side as one enters the house of the Lord. You may have seen something like that as you came into this place today, except it's on the left side. (laughs) And uh, the priest who guarded the door put uh, the chest, put in the chest all the money that was brought by the people into the house of the Lord. And whenever they saw that there was a large amount of money, hallelujah, Hallelujah. amen, amen. In the chest, the king's scribe and the high priest came up and tied it in bags and counted the money that was found in the house of the Lord. And uh, with that, they paid all the workers. Um, They paid the ones who were doing the work, who had oversight of the house of the Lord, and they paid it to the carpenters and the builders who worked on the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, the church pays its bills. Amen. And to the masons and the stone cutters and to buy timber and hewn uh, cut stones to repair any breach in the house of the Lord. And for all that was laid out for repairing the house. Amen. 
Now, this house is not in repair. But uh, my point is God's people supports God's house. Amen? And you are great, great, great supporters of God's house. Amen? And you can give anytime during the service. Uh, if you're watching online, you can give our, uh, through our website there. If you make a check, make it out to VCF. Uh, if you need to use a card, you can use it in the bookstore over there. And I'd encourage you, if you've never been in our bookstore, there's lots of things that will help you uh, be a good Christian and, and it'll build your faith. So you can check that out. So, Father, we give you thanks and praise for the opportunity to give into your kingdom. We bless you, and we're so grateful, Lord, that you are a good God, and we give because we love you in Jesus' name. And I bless the givers and their gifts, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And also, that the course uh, that we're doing on grace, it's not free, but it's not uh, very expensive. Um, you can sign up. It's a closed group. So, uh, but it's actually a Bible school level course. I taught that in, uh, two Bible schools, uh, overseas. So you're going to get some, uh, good Bible training. Amen. All right. We got some awesome, handsome, beautiful kids in this place. All right. And we, we want to dismiss them for their class. So kids, teachers go to the kids life, have a great class. Hallelujah. We, we like to clap and shout for our kids because we want them to know that church is fun. Yes. Hallelujah. You believe church is fun? Yes. Well, you're the church, so if you're not fun, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I tell you what, I just, I love Jesus. I love his word. I love his work. I love his people. He's done such a wonderful thing in my life. And I'm just so excited to be able to serve him uh, in this capacity. If you have your Bibles or your devices, I want you to turn to Second Peter. And uh, we're going to finish what we started last week. Uh, we've been doing a series called Building Strong Faith. We talked about uh, what it means to build strong faith. We talked about the spirit of faith. And uh, last week we talked about precious faith. And uh, we're going to continue that on. Uh, for today, and we'll finish it probably today, and uh, see what the Lord will have for us next week. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But Second Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 1, it says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. Have you obtained like precious faith? How can you obtain it? It comes from the Word of God. Amen? Are you one that have obtained like precious faith? Are, are, do you guys have like precious faith? I don't know. Hallelujah. You, you, you can say amen. You can interact. That's all right. Through us or with us, through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According... As his divine power, we're going to focus on that today, something that his divine power does. Amen. How many are glad for God's divine power? I was just smiling to myself because Dr. Fiona, she never knows what I'm preaching about, but uh, all the songs were uh, reinforcing what we're going to be talking about today. And I just sit there and smile because God is good. It lets me know that I'm on the right path. So... This uh, precious faith, 
uh, it is received. It's, it's something that is given to us by God. And uh, precious faith is something that's valuable, costly, it's, uh, and it's attainable. Amen? It's, it's, it's more precious than silver or gold, actually. Um, uh, precious faith, it, it's the same kind of faith that Jesus had. Amen? It comes from the same source, and uh, we can do some of the same things with it. Hallelujah. And uh, here he says that, uh, uh, verse 2 says, grace and peace are multiplied. So precious faith multiplies grace and peace. How many could use some more grace? That's God's ability, God's favor, God's goodness, God's power, right? And uh, how many could use some more peace? I mean, we live in troubling times, right? How would you like to be the source of peace when, when you walk into a group of fearful people and they don't know what to do, they don't know what to believe, but you walk in full of peace? Yes. Amen? Amen? You know, God gives us a peace that passes understanding. Yes. And that peace that he gives us is designed to keep our hearts and our minds on Christ. Why? Because the most problem that we're going to have in life is with our heart and our mind and the disagreement of it. So God's peace comes in and keeps our hearts and minds on Christ. Okay? All right? Now, I want to focus on uh, verse 3. All right? That's what I want to focus on today. Verse 3. Um, it says, According as his divine power has given unto us. A few things. Your, your Bible doesn't say a few. The Bible says all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us into glory and virtue. I want you to notice that God's divine power, whenever the Bible uses the word divine, it's talking about God. Amen. It's talking about his deity, his lordship, his headship, his supremacy. How many know there's no God like our God? God, Jehovah, our God, he is the one true God, all right? And I want you to notice his divine power has given unto us. His divine power has been made available to us. His divine power causes these things to happen in our life. His power gives us some things. His power equips us for some things. His power equips you for victory. His power equips you for overcoming. His power equips you for conquering. You know, we're more than conquerors. Amen? His, his, his power has been given us to win. And to succeed. When is his divine power going to give us these things? Notice it says, has given unto us. It's not like he shipped it on Amazon. And you're going to wait for it and you've got to track it on your phone because it hasn't been here yet. His divine power has given unto us. Past tense, already done, already here. It's been arrived waiting for you to open the package. It's not stuck at some postal place in the Antarctic. 
It has been made available. God's, I want you, you got to get this. God's divine power has been made available to us. For what? For two things. For life and godliness. Everybody say life and godliness. So guess what? You've got divine power to live your life. You've got divine power to raise your kids if you have kids. You have divine power to to work and to earn an income. You have divine power to create things or to build things or to start things or to write things or to bring things into being. You say, I have been given divine power. I want that to sink in. Say, I have been given divine power. Who gave it to you? God gave it to you. So his power is for life. And his power is for godliness. God gave you power to live a natural life. He also gave you power to live a spiritual life. He gave you power to worship. He gave you power to praise. He gave you power to cast out devils. He gave you power to understand his word. He gave you power to know what you were supposed to do in life. He gave you power to know your assignment. You have divine power. God gave it to us for life and for godliness. And how does this divine power work? It comes through knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of his word. Revelation knowledge. It doesn't come through natural knowledge. You can't go to a school and get a degree. I got a degree in divine power. Well, that all depends on how much you're in the word and how much of the word is in you. That's the degree which God measures his divine power. He doesn't have uh, initials at the end of your name. Nothing wrong with natural degrees. They're great. I have, I have a business degree. Amen? Amen. I have a a four-year business degree that I got from Lee University. Fiona, Dr. Fiona has a much greater degree than I. She's got more initials than I do. Because she's got a doctorate. She's a doctor. Hallelujah. I need a doctor because I always need someone checking up on me. Amen. Hallelujah. And God hooked me up with a good doctor. So what God said in his word is backed by his divine power. You know, our money used to be backed by gold. But now it's backed by the promise of our government. Oh, boy. (laughs) See, it matters what backs what's being put forth. God himself puts his own personal guarantee on every word he says. He backs it up with his character, his nature, and his power. Say, every word of God is backed by God. When you 
utilize God's word in your life, God is backing it up, making sure it will come to pass. Guaranteeing it will come to pass. Now, it's not like an infomercial where you get a 30-day money-back guarantee if you don't like the product. Amen? I guarantee you, if you taste of the Bible, you're going to like it. It's good. And it's backed by God. And it'll last forever and ever and ever. It's eternal. Okay? So, the Berean uh, literal Bible says, Accordingly, His divine power has given us all things toward life and godliness through the knowledge of the One, having called us by His own glory and excellence. Hallelujah. The Aramaic Bible in plain English says it this way, As the one who has given us all things which are of the divine power, with the life and awesomeness of God, by his teaching who has called us into his glory and majesty. You know when God calls you into glory, it's his brilliance, it's his majesty, it's his splendor, it's his light. God calls you into his glory. Amen? And God's glory has a weight to it, but we're, we're not, that's not our message today, just about the, the glory of God. The contemporary English version says this verse this way. We have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. Say, I have everything I need. You know, if you, don't, if, if you encounter a, a way that you don't know how to please God, you know, you, you can ask him and he'll show you. So you're never without an answer. Okay? Contemporary English version, we have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. It was all given to us by God's own power. Ooh, I love that. When we learned, he had invited us to share in his wonderful goodness. You know, God's invited you to share in his wonderful goodness. Hallelujah. So divine is, is, is directly from God. It's relating to his deity and his divine power, his divine dunamis, his divine. The word for power is the Greek word dunamis. Any any English word that sounds like dunamis, dynamite. How many grew up in the 70s watching Jimmy Walker? Dynamite. Young people are going, who is that and what are you talking about? Google it. Amen. Good times. J.J. Walker, right? He'd always have a saying, dynamite. All right? Dunamis means, oh, this is good. You can manifest the characteristics of God. His ability and his power to do what you need to do to honor him. God gives you power to do what you need to do to honor him. Amen? And you can possess his ability. What other God shares their ability with their followers? Huh? No other God. All right? Your precious faith gives you access to divine power to help you in life. And here's the thing, knowing Christ, knowing the anointed one, knowing the Messiah is the key to accessing this power. Amen? 
It doesn't come from feelings. It doesn't come from emotion. It comes from knowing him, having a direct relationship with him, a close relationship with him, an intimate relationship with Jesus. Amen? That's what he came to do. That's what he set it up. All right? There's power in his word. Jesus is the word. Right? You want to back something up, you become it. Jesus backed up his word so much that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word put on an earth suit. In other words, when Jesus was in heaven, he wasn't known as Jesus. He's known as the word. But the word put on a flesh suit so that he could walk among this earth, so that he could walk among us. Because how many know you need a flesh suit to walk this earth? Right? That's why demonic uh, spirits want to inhabit a body, whether it be an animal or a person. Why? They have the greatest expression when they can occupy a body. All right? So there's power in his word. What kind of power? Creative power, life-giving power, transforming power, overcoming power, healing power, and saving power. Hallelujah. Are you all excited about power? You know, there's no power outage in God. There's no blackouts in God. You don't need a generator to use the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He put a, he put a generator in you. A hydroelectric generator. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Flowing water generates power. All right? There's power in his blood. Glory to God. What is, what kind of power? To forgive, to cleanse, to pardon, to heal, and to make rights. Aren't you glad for the power that's in the blood? In Christ's blood. And there's power in his name. His name is the highest name. It's above every name. It's the only name that brings salvation. And there's no greater name. And people are going to bow to his name. You might as well be from Oklahoma. Do it sooner than later. Because there's going to come a point in time when Jesus is going to come back. And he said every knee is going to bow and every tongue can bow. You might as well bow your knee now and confess that he's Lord now. You don't have to wait till he returns. Do it now. Amen? All right, go with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I'm enjoying this. This is rich. Hallelujah. Boy, if you don't get excited about God's power, you need something more. <laughs> We ought to get excited about God's power. Why? It's available to us. I'm not talking about something that's pie in the sky. I'm talking about something that we have access to right now whenever we need it. To help you do what you need to do. To help you live how you need to live. There's no problem that you are facing or you will ever go through that the word doesn't have an answer to. Okay? But Luke chapter 5 and... uh, Let's go down to verse 17. Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. I want you to pay special attention to that phrase, as he was teaching. Who was teaching? Jesus. Do you think Jesus ever taught false doctrine? No. 
He never taught false doctrine. Jesus talked from the word. He talked about the power of God. He talked about the kingdom of God. He talked about the possibilities that have been given to us by God. Amen. Everybody say he was teaching. Say Jesus was teaching. Say the word was teaching. Okay. And there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. Okay, so it was like a pastor's conference. Jesus was hosting a pastor's conference. You had Pharisees. uh, You had uh, doctors of the law. So he had doctors there, right? And uh, they were sitting by. They come out from Galilee was like a county. Judea was like a county, all right? So they came from Galilee, uh, uh, Judea, and Jerusalem. Now notice, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Say the power of the Lord. Where was it? It was present. What was it ready to do? It was ready to heal them. God wants them healed. Why was his power there? His power there because was, was because the word was there. The word was there and the word was going forth. Amen? Wherever you're in a place where you're hearing the word of God, there's power present. The power is present where the word is present. Everybody say the power was present. When, when Jesus took a roll call, power here! How many remember in grade school? Douglas Pishka here. Fiona here, right? I was going to say Serge Paul Pishka, but. See, the power of God was there for a purpose. And it was directly related to the word because the power is accessed by the knowledge through him. That's what Peter told us. Right? Okay? And behold, verse 18, man brought in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy. And they sought means to bring him in. Oh, how many know God wants us to bring some people in? There's some people that aren't going to come unless we bring them. We've got to say, I'm, I'm supposed to bring them in. Yeah, that's what, we're, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to bring them in. Okay? These men sought to bring him in. Now, they had to carry him. Okay? The man with the palsy couldn't walk. They didn't have a cart. They had to carry him. Okay? You know you got to be pretty diligent and serious to get to church if you got to carry someone else. You know? Amen? That, that's some diligence right there. Okay? And to lay him before him. They wanted to get him in direct contact with the word. That was the spot where the power was coming out. Oh, come on. They wanted to get him, they wanted to get the palsy man to Jesus. They wanted to get the palsy man to the word. They wanted to get the palsy man into that atmosphere. 
Verse 19, and when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude. Everybody say the multitude. This was a large crowd. This was a packed place. This wasn't empty. Right? There were lots of people here. And these guys are bringing their friend who can't walk. Why? They know that something is there. They know that power is there. Why would they go through much, so much effort if they didn't know that the power was there? They're, they're not bringing their sick guy in hopes. They're bringing because they have an assurance. They have a knowing. Amen? They have a confidence. You wouldn't bring someone like that to something that you weren't sure of. Right? Why, why would go, you wouldn't go through all that effort? Now, a lot of people would have given up right there. Well, there's just no room. You get the spirit of Eeyore on you. Anybody knows Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Eeyore is not the positive side that you want to put yourself around with. Right? Okay. If you say so. After they couldn't find a way in the regular way, they thought out of the box. How many know God's unconventional? He can do things that you wouldn't even think of. So (laughs) they went up to the housetop. (laughs) If we can't give men, we're going to drop them down. (laughs) The seats were occupied, but the air was open. How many know the airspace was open? This is all talking about his divine power has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. I could just see Jesus preaching and dust falling from the ceiling. And Jesus looks up and he notices something. He doesn't just see four men. He sees some faith. How many know faith can be seen? Faith can be heard. Faith is action. Faith is noisy. Faith is loud. Faith is bold. One thing faith is not, faith is not silent and faith is not still. Faith moves. So they're moving the tiles. Jesus is teaching and he sees dust falling on the pulpit. Like they must have knew exactly, they must have been listening to Jesus' voice to know exactly where he was in the building. Right? How else would you know to drop him right in front of him? You know? They didn't have sonar. Right? Okay? Now. So they're letting him down with his couch and everything. How did they, what, did they bring some rope with them? Right? Verse 20, when he, Jesus, the word, he saw their faith. Say he saw their faith. If God were to look at you, would he see your faith? Huh? Would, would, would people around you hear your faith? Or would they hear doubt and unbelief? Or would they hear your feelings and your emotions and the opinions of others as your counselors? Oh, come on now. 
How many know faith is distinct? Amen? Obviously, faith is identifiable because Jesus saw it. You know, Jesus celebrates faith. Can you, is there any other way to please God other than faith? No. And he said unto him, man, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> saving power, right? Having your sins forgiven, that's saving power. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. Where do you reason? You reason in your mind. They began to think thoughts. Saying, who is this which speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? (laughs) Jesus was saying, if you're about to pick up what I'm laying down, your life would change. Right? Right. Only, Only God can forgive sins. Yeah, this is God in the flesh. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, say Jesus perceives thoughts. You know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews that the word is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen? You're not getting anything past the word. Someone could sit here today and not believe a word I say and act like you do, but God knows the real deal. Because you're not going to fool God. All right? So he says, why do you reason in your hearts? (laughs) Wow. He's answering their thoughts. (laughs) Which is, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk? Let me take a poll. Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven? How many think that's the easiest? Which is easier to say rise up and walk? How many think that's easiest? Guess what? It's the same power. So the same power works the same way for every issue. You don't have to work saving power different than you do healing power. It's worked the same way, the same operandi. So Jesus said, but that you may know. Everybody say no. He's about, he's about to, they have to know something because in order, you have to know something about Jesus to access his power. You can't know nothing about Jesus and expect his power to help you unless you're calling on him for salvation. Right? Because someone who, who's not saved, they don't know anything about Jesus. They may, not, they may know some things, but they don't know the truth about him, maybe. Right? But if you're calling on him for salvation, you're, you're, you're knowing him as Savior. You're accessing that power. Right? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power. Say, he has power. Where is that power available? Notice the next two words. Upon where? Are you on earth? Has God given us his power? Where did he give it to us? On the earth. Say, God's power is here. Oh, hallelujah. It's not like a bank deposit. You don't put something in the thing and it sucks it up a tube, right? And it goes into the building. Like, we don't have something that sucks things up to heaven, right? No, God's power has been available here. Where we are, where we live. We have access to power here. He has power upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto you. Now the word's about to make a declaration. When the word makes the declaration, things change. Why? Four men believed in the power. That's why they did what they did. 
that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, arise, take up your couch, and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that which he laid on. Oh, I'm telling you, he was brought laying on something, but he, he left picking it up, carrying it. That's the power. That's the divine power at work that's been given to us for life and godliness. And how, how did he depart going to his house? Was he sad? Was he wishing he wasn't there? No, he went to his house carrying his mat, glorifying God. God, you're so good. You're so amazing. I just love you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He went glorifying God. When God does a work in you, you need to glorify him. You need to thank him. You need to express how great he is, how wonderful he is, how incredible he is. Verse 26, and they were all amazed. These pastors in this pastor's conference had never seen anything like this before. They were all amazed. The doctor was amazed. The Pharisee was amazed. (gasps) I don't know what amazed them more, whether that God answered their thoughts or whether they saw the man pick up his mat and walk. I don't know. And were filled with fear or reverence, saying, we have seen strange things today. Hallelujah. Well, when the power of God is at work, I want you to go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. This is Peter's message, part of Peter's message on the day of Pentecost. I'm sorry, this is at Cornelius' house. All right? This was, Peter was invited to go to Cornelius' house and he didn't know why. God said, go with them, ask no questions. Say, that's faith. You know, he heard the word of the Lord, go with them, ask no questions. So Peter went. He didn't know what to expect. He didn't know who was going to be there. He didn't know what God wanted to do, but he knew God told him to go there. Amen? And this is in the middle of Peter's message at Cornelius' house and verse 38. It says, how God anointed who? Jesus of Nazareth. That's the one born of Mary. That's the one who suffered on the cross. That's the one who died and rose again. Amen? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with... Did you know that you could be anointed with power? What does that mean? That means the power of God comes on you. If you like taking a shower, water comes on you. Right? Or if you like soaking in a bath, you're just soaking in it. But I like a shower because I like the force of the water coming on me. It's coming on me. It's getting on my head. It's getting all down me. It's getting into my feet. It's it's covering me. See, when God anoints you with power, it's like taking a shower of power. He comes on you. He gets on your skin. He gets on your head. He gets in your feet. And something rises up inside of you. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost and with power. That means that the Holy Ghost is a power agent. 
When you get the Holy Ghost, you get power. Acts 2, uh, um, Acts 1 8 says, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses. Say, the Holy Ghost is an agent of power. Okay, what did he do with this power? He went about doing what? Good. Guess what? The Bible doesn't say he went about doing bad. God doesn't use his power for bad things. He uses his power for good things. When insurance companies say a storm is an act of God, they mislabeled that. That doesn't mean God didn't, he's not behind every storm. Why? Jesus rebuked storms. If God was behind the storm, then Jesus would be rebuking his father. So that storm must have came from somewhere else because Jesus rebuked it. It was a storm set up by the enemy to prevent them to get to where they needed to be. But Jesus just stuck a pin in the enemy's balloon and popped it to shreds. Amen? Hallelujah. My goodness, am I going to get through this today? He went about doing good and healing a few. Everybody say all. That were oppressed of the devil. Let me tell you something. The devil uses sickness, not God. God uses healing. He doesn't use sickness. God's not the author of sickness. He's the author of life. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. God is with his power. He personally backs his power. His divine power has given unto us. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. I I can't help but get excited about Jesus. I'm I'm not apologizing. My goodness, sometimes this stuff courses through me and I just, whoo, it's everything I can do to just subdue it. I don't want to subdue it, but. All right, Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus' declaration. Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power. Everybody say, All power. How much power? Was given unto whom? Who's me? Jesus. Who's Jesus the head of? Oh, let me tell you something. If the head has the power, so does the body. Oh, if the head has the power, so does the body. Do you think when someone has brain power, it doesn't affect their body? No. When you got power in the head, you got power in the body. All power is given unto me in heaven and where? Earth, hallelujah. Then he tells, he, he says, all power has been given to me. Then he looks at his disciples, which are you. He says, now you go. Go with what? Go with my power. Go with my authority. Go in my name. Go with my purpose. Go with my word. Go with my Holy Ghost. Go with my plan. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Every preacher of the gospel has power. You have power as a believer. It's been given unto you. For life and godliness. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. 
My goodness. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm just emphasizing a, just a few scriptures on the power that we've been given. Say, I have power. Say, I have Holy Ghost power. Say, I have life-giving power. I have healing power. You know, you have healing power right now. That, with that healing power, you could heal yourself. You're not healing yourself. It's the power that's healing you. You just put faith in the power. Amen? How do you put faith in the power? You believe it's true. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Hallelujah. Paul is saying here, he says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Notice, man's wisdom can be enticing. An enticement is when you lead someone to a trap. You know, temptation comes as an enticement. Samson's two brides enticed him to get his secret of his strength. I have a whole message on levels of enticement, but that's not there today. All right? My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words or persuasive words of man's wisdom. Notice it's not of man's wisdom. It didn't originate with man. All right? But in demonstration of the spirit and of what? Power. Power. Where the spirit is, the spirit is capitalized. It's the Holy Spirit, right? It's power. Verse 5, why? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in what? Say, my faith rests in the power of God. I may not be able to do it. Say, I may not be able to do it. Someone else may not be able to do it. But God can do it. When, all, when everything else doesn't work, God works. Amen? And, and you shouldn't have God as a last resort. He should be your first option. Don't have God as a last resort. Make him your first option. Amen? All right? So, he has power. Oh, my goodness. That your faith should stand in the power of God. Amen? You've got to have faith in the power of God. All right? Jesus, Colossians tells us that all things in heaven and earth were created by him. Invisible and visible, thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities. He made it all. Say, God made it all. All right? How did he do it? With his power. All right? He is, uh, all things were created by him, everything exists by him, and for him. Did you know that God made you for him? God just wants, he loves fellowshipping with people. God is the most awesome people person you will ever meet. And uh, he's the most loving, gracious, kind person you will ever meet. He is, Colossians also tells us, this is all Colossians 1, he's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. He himself occupies the first place. And the Bible says in verse 19, uh, Colossians 1, all the fullness, God chose all the fullness to dwell in him. All right? Because he's got all the power. Amen? So divine power overcomes any power that comes against you. 
You've got a power that's in your corner that's rooting for you that's greater than demonic power. It's greater than world's power. It's greater than economic power. It's greater than any other power that would come against you. You've got divine power. It'll beat every enemy. All right? Hallelujah. All right, go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Glory to God. We're building our case that the divine power has given unto us all things. How many things? God, you've got power for whatever you need in this life and your spiritual life. The natural life, the physical life, and your spiritual life. You've got power working on your behalf. You've got power that you can access. Hallelujah. How do you plug into it? J-E-S-U-S. You don't need a cord. You don't need to set up a charging station. You can plug into it with your mouth by giving praise to God. By just saying the name of Jesus, you plug into that power. God made it so simple. God's got more power than Tesla. All right, Romans 1.16. (laughs) Paul is writing. Did Paul experience power? He was walking on the road to Damascus. He was going to persecute and imprison Christians who believed in Jesus. And on the way, he got intercepted. He met the head of the church. And the head of the church, the head of believers said, why are you persecuting me? Who? Paul thought he was persecuting Christians, but Jesus said, you're persecuting me. And Paul had an encounter with the power. Paul, the power of God transformed Paul's life. In three days, he totally transformed his career. He totally stopped doing what he was doing and started doing something different. That's how powerful the power is. All right? So Paul wrote this by the Spirit of God. I am not ashamed of the what? The gospel, not just any gospel, but the gospel of who? The gospel of Christ who has the power. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? The gospel, the message of Christ, it is the power of God unto salvation only to a specific group of people to everyone who what? If you don't believe, then this power is not available to you. People who are not saved haven't believed in the power. If they believed in the power, they'd get saved. If I knew about the power of God, the first, and if I wasn't saved, the first thing I would do is I'd get saved. I'd accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen? And I did when I was 12 years old. Hallelujah. So, the gospel of Christ, the message specifically of Christ, that is the power of God. It contains power that's been given to us for life and godliness, the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes. You've got to believe in the power. You've got to trust in the power. You've got to accept the power. You've got to rely on that power. That's what it means to believe. You've got to be confident in that power. That's what it means to believe. When you believe something, you have confidence in it. You're assured of it. There's a certainty of it. Paul was certain that the the message of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. The Jew first and also to the Gentile. That covers everybody. 
I love the fact that God made his power available. It's not just available to one special group, but, but except a group of believers. You could be Jewish, you could be whatever, but if you believe in God, that you get access to that power. Amen? And you, be, and you go from being whatever you were to a Christian, a Christ follower. Hallelujah. Glory to God. To not be ashamed is to not have your confidence misplaced. Paul says, I'm, I am not misplacing my confidence. Amen? He says, I'm not believing the big lie. There's a lot of lies being propagated today in today's society and in our culture. And you got to know the truth. Amen? But the, the power of the gospel is for salvation. Salvation is the whole, it's the everything pizza. It's the whole enchilada. It's the turkey dinner. It's everything included. When uh, that's why Jesus said, is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or to rise up and walk? Because salvation includes healing. Salvation includes deliverance. Salvation includes prosperity. Salvation includes rescue. Salvation includes it all. It's all inclusive. Amen. And it comes to us by power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, all right. Go to Acts chapter 8. Oh, I'm almost done. I, I, can, see, I can see the end, end, end zone. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Hallelujah. So what happens when you're in a place and they preach Christ? Christ contains the power of God. He contains all the power of God. So when Christ is preached, that means power is made available to anybody who wants it, anybody who needs it, and anybody who grabs hold of it. So if you're sitting here today and you're hearing this message, there's power available to heal you. There's power to help you, to prosper you, to whatever you need to do in your life. There's power available. Say power is available to me right now, right here for whatever I need. That's true. That's true. God's power is right here, right now, available, but you got to believe it. What does it mean to believe it? You go after it. You lay hold of it. You seek it, just like those men did with that, with that meeting. They went up to that rooftop. Hallelujah. And they had to be in agreement because all four needed them to lift the man. You know, if you got three people dropping the man, he, he might be off balance. He might slide into Jesus. He might slide off his mat. Right? You needed four to have a balanced drop. Amen? All right, Acts chapter 4. Mm. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad... Went everywhere preaching the word. Sometimes scattering is good. We all like to hang around home base. Home base was Jerusalem. Oh, I like Jerusalem. It's a nice city. I'll preach a little bit over here. But I'm connected to Jerusalem. Jerusalem's my place. Jerusalem's my homeboys. Right? But God didn't say just for Jerusalem. He said for Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. 
So when you get too aligned to a place that you don't want to let go, God comes in and he causes you to be scattered. Why? Scattered means get. I spent a little time in the South. So they didn't just go. They went preaching as they went. When they were scattered, they went sharing the message of Christ here, sharing the message of Christ here, sharing the message of Christ here. Why? Because the message of Christ works everywhere. Philip, he was one of the disciples, went down to the city of Samaria. And he what? He preached Christ unto them. You can't preach Christ without power. You can't preach a powerless Christ that's like mixing oil and water. Whenever you talk about Christ, you're talking about the power of God. You're talking about all supreme power that's in Jesus. Amen. When you preach Christ, you can't preach Christ without power. That's why I can't say it in a nice, easy way. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip, what? Which he spoke. They were listening to what he said about Christ. They were listening to the message that has power for salvation. They were listening to the message that has power for healing. They were listening to the message that has power for deliverance. They took heed. It wasn't just a passing thing. They they took interest. They took heed to what Philip was saying. What happens when you hear God's word? Faith comes. What happens when faith comes? You have the ability to grab hold of the power. See, I have ability to grab hold of the power. Your faith is like a copper wire. Copper wire makes electricity flow. Electricity can flow through copper like water through a pipe. Right? And your faith is like a copper wire. It makes God's power flow through you. Amen? Your faith is conductive of God's power. It's a conductor. Right? Okay? They took heed to what they heard. And hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Say miracles. You can't do miracles without dunamis. You need dunamis power to do miracles. Dunamis power is actually miraculous power. Because his power has been given unto us. See, I have his power. Okay, what happened with the power? Unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many. Demons are whiny babies. When they have to go, they whine and cry, but they, they can't stay where they, they, once you evict them, they have to go. They cannot stay in the place where you told them to leave. Yeah. Crying out with loud voices. Why do we have to go? Shut up, go. They came out of many who were possessed. Can you imagine going into a place where there's many possessed people, but yet the power of Christ is greater? 
than the demonic possession. Everybody say many possessed. The Bible doesn't say that's a lot of people. You walk into a place of a lot of possessed people. But the power of Christ is greater. You got the advantage. Amen? You got to overcome. They came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies. Hallelujah. Or they were stricken. And that were lame were healed. So the power cast out devils. The power healed bodies. The power brought deliverance. The power brought freedom. And there was, people were just not excited. Verse 8. What kind of joy was in the city? Is that how you say great? Great joy. What kind of joy? Great joy. Woohoo! It was a wahoo joy. It was a wahoo joy. There was great joy. Where was the great joy? It wasn't in a house. It was in the city. The, the power of God had such effect. It didn't, it didn't just stay in one locale or one neighborhood. It affected the city. That means it spread like fire. Wildfire. It affected the city. Hallelujah. When Peter was on the day of Pentecost... He told the people, he said, repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name that has the power, in the name that has the ability, in the name that can change your life right here, right now. It can change your situation. Once you believe the power of God, it doesn't take a long time to take effect. It happens immediately. It happens now, right here, right now. It doesn't happen. It doesn't have to happen next week. God doesn't schedule it. Once you believe in the power, that power starts flowing right here, right now. That power is flowing right here, right now. But Peter... On the day of Pentecost, he preached in the name of Jesus Christ because of the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of power. Hallelujah. God wants you to have this power. He he did everything that he needed to do to get his power into your hands. Amen. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 3. Peter and John, they came to a, they were going to a prayer and they encountered a man who had been lame his life and he was sitting there and Peter took hold of his hand. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And it was the power of God that was released in the name of Jesus. That man walked. Amen. He walked. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk and go on walking. That man, for the first time, he leaped up and jumped and was praising God and glorifying God. Because he didn't just get to sit outside the church. He got to go inside the church. And all the church folks saw him. It, It had such a stir that the authorities told him, don't use the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But... 
Many of those, Acts 4, 4 says, many of those who heard the message and the number came to be about 5,000 men. Hallelujah. Religion was annoyed at the message of his resurrection. They said, don't preach about the resurrection. When you preach about the resurrection, things get stirred up. Dead things want to come to life. Hallelujah. But this is the power that has been given unto us. Amen. First Chronicle, first uh, Corinthians one twenty three says this: We preach Christ crucified to the Gentiles foolishness, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Say Christ is the power of God, and we like to preach Christ here. Amen. The Messiah, the Anointed One. Hallelujah. Your faith unites yourself with Christ. The anointed one. Hallelujah. So this, by his divine power, has given unto us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything you need for a family, for your marriage, everything you need for your finances, everything you need for your future. Everything has been given to you by the power of God. You have access to the power of God. The power of God is not activated through complaining. It doesn't participate with gossiping. You know, things that we do that are contrary to God's word will will um, unhook us from the power of God. If you read on in Second Peter chapter 1, he talks about things that you could add to your faith. Character, godliness, integrity, brotherly kindness, love, all those things you can add to your faith to make it stronger, more capable, more powerful. Amen? But we have been given the divine power for life and godliness. Amen? And it's all because of precious faith. Valuable faith that Jesus paid the price for us to have. Amen? Hallelujah. See, I have precious faith. And with precious faith come incredible promises and awesome power. I have awesome power available to me to help me in life and godliness in the name of Jesus. So the first thing that the power of God does, it saves you from hell. Amen. Jesus doesn't want you to go to hell. He didn't design you to go to hell. And he did everything that he needs to do to keep you out of hell. But you've got to respond to his message. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you can do that today. You can meet him today. And his power will save you from hell. His power will rescue you from that destructive thing. Amen. And if you need healing in your body, there's power to heal your body. God's, God's power has been present the whole time I've been speaking. Because I brought God's word. He brought his power. Amen. So if you need prayer in any area of your life, I just want you to invite you to come up right now and receive of the power of God in the name of Jesus. If there's anything that you need in life, if you need help in any area, God's got the power. I just want to invite you to come and I'll pray for you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
It's working right now. 